Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Mark Coxon, the AV Phenom, and I am here with Jared Hillman, and we are here on the first episode of AV Daybreak, your morning drive style AV radio. How are you, Jared? Oh, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing COVID great. COVID great. This is a new adjective yeah. that we had to come up with for this point in time, right? COVID. It, it just references the baseline, and then and then you just add whatever after that so it's like i'm covid not so great covid great i'm covid busy and i think it just gives people like a reference of, of what's actually going on i i would agree it's almost like saying av standards right that's right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which which means kind of a standard but but it may vary depending on who you talk to yeah we we mean guidelines but we're calling it a standard it, exactly there we go well <laughs> Well, hey, I'm I'm excited to do this with you. Um, you know, I think uh, there are a lot of podcasts out there and have guests and stuff, and I think this is going to be a fun way for us to introduce the AV world to some people. Uh, perhaps have some fun. We talked about different ideas for um, you know for this show about discussing you know maybe best practices one day or getting some people to call in and talk about certain subjects. But um, I felt like you were somebody I could do this with, so I, I appreciate you jumping in. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was on board from the minute you mentioned it. <laughs> so geographically, you and I are in completely different spots. So I'm in sunny Southern California, down in the, down in, I guess, the lower left corner of North America. And where are you at? So I'm in sunny uh, Northern Canada. I'm Central Canada, I suppose, uh, in Saskatchewan here, Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. I, I let you introduce it because I know I, I say Regina, you say Regina, we say potato, you guys say, yeah. I don't know how you say, how do you say potato in Canada? And, then, and, and, and uh, oh, potat. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, and no one wants to tackle, no one wants to tackle Saskatchewan. No, no, Saskatchewan is, is actually that one I can say, okay. I, just, I think I hey, just said it. There you go. Uh, there we you go. Did. You did, yeah. Well, I want to start off with uh, a feature that we're going to start doing when we have guests on, and I call this feature profiled because it, it sounds like we're um, interviewing a murderer or something. But uh, profiled is where I take your LinkedIn profile and I ask you some questions based on what's on there so that it gives oh, the right. audience a chance to get to know you a little bit. And um, when I looked you up, uh, number one, can, can you know customize full, full, full disclosure full disclosure for the audience i was not given any preface to what was happening so uh i didn't have a chance to go and update my profile it, this is this is the way it works we're never going to unless yeah. people listen we're not going to That's invite right. them on and tell them to go adjust their linkedin profiles there's no fun in that what would That's what right. would be fun about listening to that like Hey, everybody tune in once a week and Jared and I are going to just read you somebody's LinkedIn profile. That, <laughs> that's not a fun game, <laughs> especially if it's been tailored. So, um, 
I'm glad. I'm glad you aren't prepared. Yeah. No, so when I punched in your th number one, your your link, LinkedIn.com slash Hillman does AV. Really? You've got, you've you, got your own custom you extension up on that? here. <laughs> I, was, I had to go through and I, I just thought, you know what? I, I referenced it so often that I just wanted something I could remember. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, LinkedIn.com, I think what forward slash Hillman does AV. Yep. There you go. Hillman does yeah. AV. So, so number one, you're already customizing your link. And one thing that I noticed yeah. um, when I was going through your LinkedIn profile, bef before I get into you know, you as, as a human being and what all of this implies. Um, <laughs> My identity. Exactly. So, so one thing that I noticed here was in your licenses and certifications, you have a lot of LinkedIn certifications on here. And I didn't even really know this was a thing. So what's it? What? Uh, yeah, it's the click of a button thing. Okay. Um, so, so since, since, you know, BC before COVID, <laughs> um, I, I didn't take much time to do my LinkedIn learning. Okay. Um, and then obviously during, during quarantine and a little bit more downtime. Um, yeah, I just started, I just started moving through all the LinkedIn learning. And, uh, if you haven't done it at the end, they say, Oh, post this to your profile. And it, it could be the most, what's funny about it is it's like, it'd be like the most benign certificate. And it's like, post this to your LinkedIn profile. And you're like, of course I'm going to post this to my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> It makes me look, it makes me look, uh, you know, professional and educated. And, uh, so that's, I just follow the lead. I just, every time I finish something, I just post, I don't even pay attention to what I'm taking half the time. I, I love it. So I'm, so I'm looking here, you have what to do when there's too much to do. You're certified in knowing what to do when there's too much to do. That's, that's a perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certified it's not even it's not even like it's a it's a certificate of completion and so i don't know is that is is this, is this obtaining a certificate of completion the same as being certified i i don't know that would be it that would be yeah. a question that i think we struggle with it is there a i wonder if it's just you have to abide by a code of ethics so as long as you're being ethical in what you're doing when there's too much to do i don't think you actually have to know the standards I, you just can't do you can't just, you know, you can't just do evil things when there's too much to do or unethical. I want, things. I want everyone to know that I take um, this very seriously, that when there is too much to do, I, I, I have full crisis planning. I have full I, crisis planning on what to do when there is too much to do. It, I, I love it. I, I think what there is. What you do when there's too much to do is you take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven LinkedIn certifications, and then you post them to your profile because that doesn't take away time from the other stuff that you're trying to do. Right. It depends on the severity of uh, too much to do. <laughs> well, that's awesome. No, I honestly got a kick out of this because I didn't know that LinkedIn had all these learning things here. So if anybody's on Jared's profile, first thing to do is scan down and look at what he's um, taken, not from a, not from a, the fact that he's bragging a lot about all these things that he's done, but num but from the point that LinkedIn actually does have some classes, which I didn't even really know about. So that's, that's kind of cool. Number one. Yeah. Um, only with, only with, you have, you, you do have to have a premium account. Got you. Okay. Yeah. You have to have a premium account and then you can take these LinkedIn learning. And then, and then you have access to LinkedIn learning, which has a lot of the, everything from digital marketing to prioritization to time management to, 
yeah. Building a business plan. Nice, and you, nice little micro, nice little micro credentials too. You know. And you get to and the the secondary benefit of the LinkedIn Premium is you get to you get to creep on the people who think they're creeping on you because you can actually see who's looking at your profile. I haven't I haven't figured that out yet, but yeah, I I did see that like you're not marked. Is that what it is? You're like when you so normally you can see when someone views your profile. So this the premium allows you to see who's been looking at your profile. Is that is that you can you can see more people you can see more people that have looked at your profile and you can also view people's profiles right. in anonymous mode, I believe. So oh. you know, there you go. Interesting. So beyond just these just a, just just a sidetrack on that mark. Could yes. you imagine in the real world? Could you imagine in the real world if that's what people did? So, so, so forget that you're on virtual digital. Yeah. But if you want to go and check out someone's business, you know. There you go. So, you, you, anonymous mode. The trench coat comes on, the hat comes down, and you just yeah. wander into this person's business. But only, but they only hand out trench coats to people with premium, uh, premium accounts, right? So. Yeah. You get a black hat badge. Right, it's kind of very strange. You go full James James Spader on somebody's profile, and you get black yeah. hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell me about your time in the priesthood. It says here you were an archbishop at one point. It says what? It says you were an archbishop. Oh yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, those were the old days. <laughs> no, so I did. I yeah, I attended a I attended a Catholic. Uh, a Catholic high school. Got Graduated you. From, from a Catholic high school, Archbishop M. C. O'Neill. Okay. Down, so so yeah. I, I didn't know if you were an Archbishop M. C. or if you were an Archbishop at M. C. O'Neill High School. Or if that was my M. C. name. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yo, yeah. Archbishop on the mic. <laughs> Yeah, right. It, it was, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a rage. It's all the rage in Atlanta right now. Um, young SoundCloud rappers are all taking uh, Roman Catholic designations and using them as their rap names. That's, that's not real. That is not real. <laughs> I think it is. It was D, I, yeah. I was, it was DJ Pope and MC O'Neill. That's, that was our gig. That was our. Yeah. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. You'll have to, we'll have to put one of the, one of your, uh, one of your MC O'Neill songs on our bumper when we put this together later. I'm working on a new album, so we'll talk. So, so let me say one thing. Uh, I was going to do this whole profiled thing. Um, and the reason I yeah. had to, you know, I had to go all the way back to high school because so, there was something very interesting about your LinkedIn profile. And if, if somebody's on Hillman does oh. AV, the Hillman does AV thing, um, <laughs> two two jobs what's up with that you're in av you're supposed to have like 37 jobs by now i mean you've been in the right. you've been in industry a while <laughs> yeah i've had i mean i've had a hundred jobs uh in the in the past um but you're you're referencing like where it listed like positions and it's like two positions yeah so I, well that's what i'm looking at i'm only looking at two companies that you've worked for well, up until like, like I'm, I'm only, I'm only, I'm, I'm being 34. Um, I'm, I'm 34 and Hillman AV is in their ninth year. Wow. So, you know, I mean, LinkedIn was not, um, I mean, I'm going to date myself here, which is hard to do it even at this age, but LinkedIn was not really a thing prior to that. And I just really did not feel like going back. 
I think if you're listing your experience prior to the incarnation of LinkedIn, it's almost like a bit of a stretch. It's almost like things didn't matter before LinkedIn on your LinkedIn profile. And I don't mean to like talk, you know, I know people have years of experience, but really it's kind of like those 45 year old pluses that still include what high school they went to on their resume. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, if I'm reviewing your, your resume and you're, you're 45, 50 years old, I, I really probably don't care what high school you went to, what year you graduated. You know, I can do the math myself. And yeah. so I think with LinkedIn, I just listed two jobs. Yeah, I was, I was president of Hillman AV, which I, I still am. And then uh, I was co-owner of a company called Glorious Bastards, which was uh, another venture that I had. And uh, anything else was irrelevant to, to LinkedIn. So glorious, glorious bastards was a, a men's care, a men's care company. It was, yeah. We 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 handmade our own beard oil, uh, beard conditioner, soaps, waxes. And, and because this is audio, nobody knows that Jared Jared sports usually sports a beard. At least a couple times I've yeah. seen you. Yes, I, I normally do have a beard. It's in, it, it, if you're on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see it in the photos. Uh, there you go. But I think yeah. that's a Canadian thing, right? It's just to keep your face from freezing off. <laughs> yeah, it's, even our women. <laughs> even the women. <laughs> the, so, this, so what what inspired you to, how were you, were you bottling beard oil in your living room? I mean, what were you, what were you guys doing? So a friend of mine that was working with me at the time uh, in Hillman AV, he, he kind of just said, hey, like, it was almost almost as impromptu as this show. Okay. He said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to start another business? What kind of business? Well, we're just gonna make beard oil." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's let's do it." And hey, so you, we did. So you know, he you had a beard. He had some oil. Said, so "Why he not?" Had no, and he had no beard to this day. <laughs> to this day, he's never been able to grow a beard. But he was very good at making the product. I mean, he was he was the genius behind most of the product. And I tried to run the business side of getting us. You know, we were in a few retailers and um, local stores and, and our website and stuff like that. So, yeah. I love Shopify. It, Shopify. Shopify is a crazy time. <laughs> I I love it. And I, I it led me to one question. And it's something that wouldn't be on your LinkedIn profile. And maybe, maybe something you don't even want to share. But um, your... Your parents, your mom or your dad, did were they business mm-hmm. owners? No. No. No, no. Yeah, no, my uh uh my 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 mother I guess you could call her she she was a, a musician for most of my, my childhood life. Her and okay. my, my stepfather um traveled Western Canada as a as a country band. Awesome. And uh spent a lot of time on the road and then my, my dad was in probably probably most of my childhood he was in property management wow the, re- the reason yeah. i asked is it, it it seemed like you've from from fairly early on known or at least wanted to own a business um just based on you having two here that you've started and you're a relatively young guy so i just wondered if that came from uh from the, the parental units or if that was just something that's inside you that you let loose at one point yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not very afraid of 
making things up as I go, um, as you can tell. <laughs> and I, if anyone's ever done a Kobe index, um, have you ever done your Kobe index? No, I didn't. Yeah. Another it, thing I didn't know, is it another LinkedIn certification? Can I get certified in doing my Kobe index? You can get certified, I believe, in uh, issuing Kobe indexes and evaluating them. It's a real thing. It's kind of like the personality test, right? So okay. anyways, okay. for anyone out there that's done a Kobe index, I am a seven on the quick start. Um, and I am a four on the fast find, which means I will start things very quickly and spontaneously with limited information and I'll figure it out as I go. And so I think just given that that's in my nature, yeah. I just was destined to start and try something. And that's, that's you know, Hillman AV's Glorious Bastards is gone now. We, we've sold that off. But uh, Hillman AV, you know, is, is venturing our ninth year. And that's all. That all started because that's just what I did one day was start it. So. So, so some, you, you guys sold off the four Mason jars of beard oil and the four dogs you guys used to test, <laughs> to test the oil hunt. We kept, we kept all of our flannel. Oh, okay. There was, there was no animal testing during, the, uh, there was no animal testing during the creation of Florida. That's we, good we to know. We on ourselves actually and, and paid for it sometimes, but. I was, I was going to say, I did to, yeah. to see a greased up Airedale walking around Regina would be, would be a travesty. It was, it was. More so, I think the worst was when we got into like an aftershave and we were experimenting with spearmint um, and some mint crystals. And if you have too many on and you apply that to your face, oh. it's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> so. for, for me, you say weird sidetracks. For me, the, the weird part about mint for me was I, was I was going to school for zoology. We used to go to anatomy uh, labs where they would do autopsies and they don't use well, at least at Grand Canyon University, they didn't use formaldehyde um, to to keep things from rotting. They actually used oil of wintergreen. So oh, mint, yeah. mint has a very weird association with me when I smell it. About what visions pop into my head when I smell mint. So we um, had we had a we had a mustache wax with wintergreen in it, I believe. Yep, there you go. So you would not like that. You, <laughs> I would. You would I walk would around not. thinking that you smell. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That would not be I, a good memory. Cadaver fresh. My face is cadaver fresh. <laughs> it's almost like COVID good, I think. Yeah. Cadaver fresh. Same baseline. Yeah. <laughs> Same baseline. <laughs> well, hey, coming up in the next um, couple months, since we're both in AV, uh, we were going to get a chance to get together at um, a little event called Infocom that our trade association puts on. And they decided to go online. Uh, strange fact, not strange fact, but I guess interesting fact. You and I met for the first time in person at an Infocom in Las Vegas, but like two years ago. You and I met, the first time I ever met you was the same time I think I first met Chris Netto. Yep. And it was after, I want to say it was after a Drunk Uncle's concert. And, it was. And I came across you and Chris Netto and, and someone else at a Dunkin' Donuts at some god-awful early morning. We were, was, we I were, was, I think it was one o'clock in the morning or so. It was, we were leaving, we were leaving the Drunk Uncle's concert at Hard Rock. And as you walk out that one yes. area, if you walk out the back, yes. there's Dunkin' Donuts in Hard Rock. And uh, <laughs> we were there with a fellow Barco salesperson, Darren, at the time. 
and uh, you popped in there. Uh, the only reason I remember this specifically now was because at the time, the next time I met you, I didn't remember that I had met you at the Dunkin' Donuts, or I, <laughs> I, did, yeah. I said, nice to meet you, and you said, we met before, but you must have been, and I, I felt like I had to correct the record because I don't actually drink enough to like not remember what was going on. So I was just being obtuse. I wasn't actually inhibited right. when I met you. Um, but the implication was that I was. And so I wanted publicly to say, I was not, <laughs> I was not too drunk to remember meeting Jared Hellman. I don't drink that much. All I, my stories. I didn't even start drinking until I was 23 years old. So I, I, I missed all of that crazy, crazy time of uh, being, you know, uh, too young to drink and drinking anyway. Um, I want to correct. I'll, I want to correct the story too, then, because I want to make sure everyone knows that it definitely was Chris Nando that came up and introduced himself to me at Dunkin' Donuts, obviously recognizing me and my huge marketing persona and my, all the AB uh, initiatives that I had going at the time. I, I think a Canadian snowstorm wiped us out there for a minute, Jared. But you you were saying, I think you were saying that you were more famous than Chris Netto. I think that's what you just said on air live. I mean, I shouldn't have to say it, but. <laughs> but, but he recognized you. Your, your gravitas drew Chris, Chris Netto into your orbit, and he recognized no, you. This is, this is all very not true. I, I definitely <laughs> recognized him and said, hey, man, that's. Chris Netto and uh, <laughs> the rest of history. And he's eating a Boston cream at one in the morning. Who and, knew? Yeah, exactly. He's like me. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrities are people too. That's right. There we go. I think we, I'm glad we cleared that up. But we have, um, so Infocom, they had to cancel. Um, so Infocom is not going to be great this year. It's just going to be COVID good. But, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what does, could, um, I mean, it might be COVID great. It might be COVID great. I'm, I'm hoping so. I really hope so because uh, it's the one time of year I get to see all, all of you jokers that I get to see online all the time. Right. And for me, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get to see everybody. So I'm hoping that it's interactive and exciting and all those things. I know uh, I did some perusing through the Infocom connected site and it looks like a lot of people I know are, are speaking. I may still be in some negotiations to see if I can turn my three-hour workshop into a into a course. Um, I mean, if they would just sort the M and M's like you've requested, I think you'd be in. I I know. I know. Like nobody. You want like, you want every M and M sorted by color in your green room, no questions asked, and they just if they can't abide by that, I get it. I know, and it, it's not like I've done. I mean, I've asked them just to remove the W's. And go on with life. I mean, if they could just do that, we would yeah, they're, be. They're, they're lucky you're allowing the E's. Exactly. Exactly. That's what that's what I said, right? The threes and the E's can stay. The threes, the E's, and the M's. You can use all those. Just get the W's out of there, and we're good to go. A two a hundred page rider for a celebrity like yourself is not out of the question. I don't understand the problem here. So uh, you're making a joke, and I'm assuming you know you know the real story behind the David Lee Roth M&Ms. Do you know that? Uh, no, no. Okay, so in a 200-page writer, I think they called it Article 126, David Lee Roth would put in the no brown M&M clause in the Van Halen writer. And if they ended up in the green room and there were brown M&Ms in the bowl, they thrashed the green room, threw a big fit, <laughs> and they got... 
they got a reputation for being divas because they didn't like brown M&Ms. But the Article 126 was a tripwire. They put it in there on purpose because Van Halen traveled with all these pyrotechnics and all these things there were all sorts of power requirements for the club and where they needed 15 amp circuits and where they needed 20 amp circuits. And they had this big production and they were worried that people weren't reading their regulations. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. threw this in there as an Easter egg. And if that happened, they thrash a green room. But what happened was if they went in the room and there weren't any brown M&Ms in the bowl, they felt like they could be comfortable. If they went in there and there were, they knew they had to double check everything because nobody read the nobody read the riot. So when I when I joined, I was I was in the military um, for when I when I was about twenty years old. I joined the the Canadian military, mm-hmm. and you spend like your first you you spend your first week. I feel like doing paperwork. <laughs> um, and so I remember in one of the one of the uh, groups, they had us just going through piles and piles of paperwork. And eventually, what ended up happening was one of the, um, I can't remember what rank he would have been, but one of the in-charge members of the military basically said, okay, if you, if you have signed uh, this document, please stand up. And so a group of people stood up and he said, okay, and on the count of three, we're going to start singing. And, and they said, what do you mean we're going to start singing? And lo and behold, that's exactly what they did on, I think on like the second page of this, of this contract was that if you sign this, you agree to stand and sing a specific song at, upon request. And so that was their way of saying, you need to start making sure that you're reading. And so here are these, you know, 17 young men or whatever, myself not included. I, I read that part, um, had to sing. I, I can't even remember what song it was, but that's, that's kind of where I learned in a, in a quick little lesson that, yeah, I should probably read everything. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson. It, it def- yeah, for sure. For sure. You have to, you have to make sure that you're paying attention to detail. I know um, when I used to work at a residential firm in Arizona, um, like reading the manual was just like this amazing thing that nobody ever did. Right. That's why we have a yeah. whole acronym for reading the, reading the manual yep. for sure. My, but my, my boss even used to joke that the way he hired a technician was he handed him a box with something in it that he'd never seen before. And if the instruction manual went over the left shoulder, he knew, he knew that that was a true, a true technician. <laughs> <laughs> so Infocom Connected is going to be, what, the 16th through the 18th of June. Um, I always remember Infocom is always around my anniversary. This happens, my wedding anniversary is June 17th. So this happens to hit right over that. But uh, June 20th, myself. All right, there you go. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be at, I'm at 20 years this year though. So I'm hitting this, hitting this big number. Give away my now age, I'm really hoping June 20th is right. I'm, I'm really hoping June 20th is correct. Because now I'm <laughs> recorded saying June 20th is my wedding anniversary. <laughs> that, that, it's fine. Well, we can, we can dub it. Uh, we'll have a um, yeah. series voice. We'll say 19th if we need it to halfway through the halfway through the episode. Why do you sound so weird yeah. there, Jared? I don't know. I, the zoom must have glitched. Know. Must have been the recording. <laughs> so what I noticed about what I noticed about Infocom connected, a lot of snackable content, um, a lot of 0.25 yeah. and 0.5 RUs, 15, 30 minute um, talks or, or things. But one that, I, one that I'm interested in 
uh, actually two that I'm interested in and I have to, I'm sucking up to Tim Albright right now because they're both his. Um, but the ones that I'm interested in from him, uh, he has one called Almost Famous and he's going to go into some technologies that perhaps you haven't heard of yet that he feels are going to break out uh, or a company or technology that was big that he thinks is on a comeback tour. Right. One, one more song, one more song. Um, and then the secondary one was since we mentioned Chris earlier, um, cause I think he's, he's, uh, I think he's being put on the spot to help with this one is the, uh, it's a course. I didn't remember what it's called. Oh my gosh. I should have been more prepared with the title. What's wrong with me, Jared? I don't, I'm, I'm winging it. I'm winging it. Like you said, we're just we, winging things here. That's fine. But, uh, yeah. really what it, what it had to do with was, um, the hidden 10 by 10s in the back. So, you know, when you're an Infocom, some people like to go in the, on the back row and hit those little 10 by 10 booths. Um, I think Chris and oh. Tim are going to go through some of the unknowns virtually and tell you who maybe you should, uh, you should think about seeing virtually on the Infocom <laughs> web floor. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I like the sounds of those actually. Um, and I think because, because as everyone knows, when you get into the trade show, like the, the, the floor show, sorry, or show floor. It depends on if you're Canadian or how you say it. But uh, when you get in there, you've got your massive, you know, your, your largest manufacturers are always so prominent that you do miss those up-and-comers, um, those ones that sneak by, um, and, and you don't pay attention to them. And then, you know, a lot of times you get booked up with reps that you're already equipped with and you're already paired with, and they're giving you the whole booth tour and so that that's actually something that's kind of special if you could pay attention to the the stuff that even if you went to Infocom you probably wouldn't see. I I agree. And what what I'm what I'm wondering about right now is um you know what about the what about the integrators who who go to Infocom and, and make a bunch of money while they're at Infocom to make up for their time lost? How are these people going to recruit their dollars? Did, did you know that people do this? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm very, as an integrator, I'm very interested to know how we make money by going to Infocom. So this is, this is how you subsidize your Infocom trip. And I had, I've had more than one company um, ask me before. So um, the easy things were as a manufacturer, you get asked to do a lot of things, right? I don't think I ever got him. I got invited to one party as a manufacturer that I wasn't asked to help pay for. Um, so there's one thing. So if you're an integrator, number one, you want to host your clients, you find a couple manufacturer sponsors and they do the, you know, they do the dinner right. and all that stuff for you. That's, that's pretty commonplace. I think that's, that's easy. Um, as a, as a vendor, you get, you know, exposure to end clients. It's all good. It's good business all the way around. But the most interesting um, methodology that I had, I had two or three integrators over time of being on the manufacturer side uh, contact me a couple weeks before Infocom telling me that they were going to have their 10 or 15 salespeople there. And um, for $1,500, they would bring them all through the booth at the same time and make sure that I got to see uh, their, all of their engineers and their salespeople at my booth so that we could tell them what we had for the next year. Um, it was anywhere from that $1,500 oh. to $2,000, but we, we would pay for the privilege of them coming through our booth and being able to have wow. an audience. So you may try that. That's not real. It was totally real. That's not real. It was 100% real. Wow. 100% real. I don't real. know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, you know, 
I don't know if I hold enough uh, weight to 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 charge. I mean, maybe fifteen hundred Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that is actually pretty. And, and it, I do like that Infocom's going virtual. And I know a lot of companies are somewhat excited because it is giving the opportunity for some people to attend that otherwise are not able to attend because especially when you're in the northern region you know getting to las vegas isn't too bad getting to orlando from western canada it's it's kind of a nuisance but it's not bad um but it's still expensive and for a company to invest i mean typically we'll send we'll send most people that haven't been down in our company to infocom um for their first year at least and that's really to expose them to the industry so i think that's the only thing that i i'm a little bit um, and I know most people are upset about a few things that Infocom having to go virtual kind of doesn't provide, which is the networking. And it's like you said, you get to go and see some of your you know, best friends in the industry maybe twice a year that you'll see them. And this is one of them. And it, it is sad because that, that, that really, I mean, for the most part, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but for the most part, you could probably as a as an individual you could probably go every other year and still maintain like an up-to-date sense of where the industry's at you know the technology because i don't think it's changing so progressively that every year your mind is blown when you get down there yeah but I, would, I go every year i i mean i go every year to see people yeah i go i go every year to see people i know a lot of people do the every other year um i i noticed yeah. that when i when i worked booths that you know when it was on the west coast my west coast clients showed up and when it was in orlando right you know, uh i was usually taking kind of just uh you know if it wasn't somebody that had a rep or it was just somebody coming in the booth that wasn't asking for somebody i was dealing with a lot of those people while the east coast people were handling their main accounts right so um yeah. we saw that ebb and flow for sure and I think you're right. I mean, there, there aren't aha moments every year. There are a couple of years that I'm glad I was there when something new came out that I really wanted to see that year. But, right. but um, you know, as, a, as one of my friends said a long time ago, he's like, if, you learn, if you're learning about product at, at the trade show or in an industry trade publication, you're probably not super well connected. Because most of the time, if you, have a, uh, if you have a good relationship with your manufacturer partners and stuff, um, you've already got the hint before, before the show or yeah. before the article comes out, or maybe you've even had your hands on, on a beta unit or something at that point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always get from your, you, from your reps, you always see this, Oh, this is what's coming out. When is it going to be released? Oh, it's probably going to be released in June. Why? Yep. Oh, okay. Cause it's in full <laughs> Exactly. So you want to go see it because that's where the first one is. And usually it doesn't have a power supply and they can't turn it on, but, but it, but it's there and <laughs> in all of its um, black matte finished glory, for sure. Yep. Sit, sitting on a pedestal. On sitting on a pedestal with light yep. on it. Has a huge banner behind it with a fancy logo. Marketing has, marketing has made this amazing. Y exactly. With, it, with the words um, sh shipping in December, usually somewhere behind it. Coming soon. <laughs> Coming yeah, soon. Yeah, and you know, you know and, the, and, and I think that's the one thing is that the sessions are going to be the sessions are going to be whatever. And I don't mean to downplay the session. Um, I think that I, I, I really do enjoy the sessions and I know we make our team attend all the sessions that we can when we get down there. Sometimes it's a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I feel bad that we're losing the, the community for, for the year, you know, cause I, I, I know, you know, between things like AV and the AM or, 
um, the AV happy hour and then, um, you know, um, other virtual events that have happened, you just can't, you just can't, um, create that community feel of grabbing an overpriced hot dog in a convention center with a buddy that you haven't seen in a, in a year, you know, there's nothing like it. You can't, you can't yeah. do it. I mean, one of my most memorable times was there's a, you know, there's a gentleman named Bradford Ben who works at a company that is undisclosed because he doesn't disclose where he works, but, uh, you know, <laughs> part of our AV community. And, you know, when I I'll always remember, you know, grabbing coffee at Starbucks in Las Vegas with him and, and walking the floor yeah. looking for a Ben and Jerry's ice cream cart, right? Like it's just yeah. things, things you do. And that 15, 20 minutes of time is probably more valuable than, you know, us standing together, staring at a, like at a coming soon banner. So do you think that the manufacturers that typically, and I don't know the setup on the manufacturer side, the exhibitor side, I think if I were, you know, are, are they going to be paying attention to, let's see what the ROI is when we host a virtual event that I, I got to imagine is, is, is cost significantly different. Oh yeah. As opposed to sending down a crew, building an entire booth. What I, I, I'm interested to know who's going to watch that ROI difference. And will that um, influence further events, you know? I don't know. I mean, Extron, Extron did it years ago, right? They left the show to, they're, to do they're some They're the infamous stuff. levers. Yeah. Yeah. They did it and, and they haven't really looked back. I heard they might come back at some point, but they haven't, I mean, so far they haven't come back. Um, I know some, you know, some companies spend a good seven figures doing that show between the booth and travel and bringing everybody in and all the events they do and uh, sure. lodging and all that kind of stuff. And if you know, you spend a million dollars over three days or four days, um, there's, there's a lot of questions about where could we use that money if we didn't yeah. do this. But the big question is if we're not there, does that hurt us? Right? Like does, does not being there just for the people that want to come by and say, hi, hurt us. Well, it goes back to is, is the, is the point of what they're doing to uh, make you aware and educate you on their product? Cause if so, they can do that virtually and they can do that digitally. Um, or is their mission also to get in there and network and be seen in the community and be active and host the parties, you know? And I, I, I mean, I have to imagine that, you know, especially if you select vendors that, that we all know their parties. Yeah. I yeah. would imagine that not having that party and, and inviting their VIP guests is, is a little bit of a downturn for them. Yeah, when I was at when I was at Milestone before LeGrand bought them, I mean it was it was uh the unspoken rule that we were to be, you know, uh entertaining clients every night. Yeah. You know, we all have you know, we had some group events that we could bring people to, but usually we were doing two or three things a night. Um yeah. after the show floor closed. So something usually in the on the show floor or something very close at five, whatever the Avixa thing is at seven or eight, once people have decompressed a little bit and then usually something afterwards. So, you know, we always used that opportunity for that. And that was, you know, just the ethos of the company was, was let's really connect to our people and make sure that we're connected there. And it's great if they come by and look at the product, but they're buying the product anyway. So um, let's make sure we use it to connect the people together. So that, yeah, that's the one thing I'm worried about too. As the only so thing. How would you, um, go ahead. You go ahead. Finish. I, I was going to say though, the only part about Infocom connected I'm worried about is, am I going to feel connected? Yeah. Right. Like, is that, it a, that actually, 
that that that, that kind of leads into my next question is I was going to say how you know when I when I the one thing I like about going uh, myself in in the position I'm in is it is like an escape like I'm you know you said you're out of office for those three or four or five days you you're not responsible I'm air quoting you know you're not responsible for anything within that time because you're away you're busy you know and you're attentive to the event and and I mean we all know that. I think most people got second uh, monitors to work from home just so they could have virtual event on the one monitor and they're attending a webinar or a, you know, some sort of session and then they're doing the other work on the right-hand monitor. And so what would your advice be to, you know, I mean, and I'll, I'll probably take some of your advice too because I'll probably suffer from it, but I think that's the one people, one thing people would have to do is they have to commit to attending the event, whether it's virtual or not. You know, how, what would you suggest people do to really get the most out of a virtual event? Because otherwise, you know, the multitasking is going to happen and you know that people aren't able to leave their office or their home to do this. So they've got the family, they've got the coworkers, they've got everyday life instead of being removed from it. So what, what would your advice be to, to kind of get the most out of the virtual event? Yeah, well, I mean, the the ultimate would be you know, for me, the ultimate number one, it would be to, to put on out of office and treat it as treat it as two, three days out of the office, not respond to anything, say you're at a show, um, clear your plate, clear your head, let let everything kind of else fade away um, and go in. Um, people seem to be incapable of doing that, but that would be ideal, <laughs> would be to clear that the schedule. Um, personally, you know, I may, if, if, if that's going to be the case and you really need that separation, you know, uh, there's WeWork and Convene and Regis and all these places. Why not go grab, uh, you know, grab a seat in the lounge somewhere? Or if you're a, you know, Hilton Honors member or a Marriott member, go sit in the, go sit in the lounge of your local, local Marriott <laughs> at your, <laughs> at your courtyard, sit in the little, sit in the little cafe, grab yourself some coffee from the coffee bar and and uh, sit down. There are a lot of cool hotel lobbies that have little restaurants and things in them that um, you kind of give yourself a mini yeah, vacation yeah. and they don't mind you sitting there as long as you're a patron of their, of their restaurant or their, their coffee shop or whatever they've got going on in the lobby. Um, you know, I used to go meet up with people who were traveling all the time in those lobbies. They, I was meeting somebody who was staying in the hotel. We'll sit out there and do a meeting for four hours or hang out or, you know, whatever we do. Yeah. Um, you know, just find one of those neutral, neutral territories. I think that'll really, um, you know, if we know anything about the way our brains work, it's that um, a change of venue can create a change of mindset, right? So don't sit, in the, don't sit in the place that distracts you. Don't sit in that, don't sit in your home office desk where you're used to checking your email because you'll check your email because you're sitting at your home office desk. Go somewhere else, turn the, turn the other alerts off um, and go from there. I now, mean, that would be one that, of them. All this, all this, I was going to say, all this, all this advice that you're providing is it is good for I, I would think like your 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 management your executive level your your people that have the privilege of being able to decide where and when they work kind of but yep. what it, as an employer I'm looking at it and I go well I want I normally do want my my staff to attend Infocom but it's it's hard for me to rationalize having you know four or five staff sitting in the office just attending a virtual event and you know not working you know. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but that. I, but do you consider them not working when you send them to Florida? 
I think that's that's the correlation is that I, I, it's a challenge for me to go, yeah, I know that they are here, but it's the same as if they were gone. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and then that's you also your, that's your problem. That's, that's your problem though. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> that's your own, that's your own switch you have to flip. You have to, if you, you make a decision and say, this is either productive time for employees or it's not. And maybe you do it yeah. as a, um, hey, prioritize day one, day two, day three. Let's play it by year. If you get a lot out of day one, you know, let's give you day two and day three. If you go through day one and you think, you know what, I'm really not connecting online as much as I should. I, I'd rather go back to the job site or put me out on a service call you know, give them that flexibility, but, but maybe, maybe just have that. I mean, you, you don't have that when you're doing travel plans, you know, you could go the first day, see everything you need to see. And then you have two days of like wishing you were back home already. Um, but you know, if they're attending virtually, you kind of have some flexibility in that time. Right. So, you know, that, that, that gives me an idea actually is what would be interesting to do, uh, provided you're, you're following your, 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 your regulation guidelines for COVID is, you could almost set up at your office, you know, for the week where you're kind of shut down. You know, most of the time we attend the same sessions together. Me and me and the guys, or or me and the company, will attend the same sessions, or a couple pair of us will attend one session, another pair, and then we'll get after and we'll discuss. I'm wondering if you could almost set it up like that, where you kind of clear out a few offices and you say, okay, in this one we're gonna watch the, uh, what's this one? I'm, I'm on the. We're gonna watch the role of the AV professional and teacher UCC landscape together we're going to watch that um just like you would attend in a normal session yeah and then we're going to go have lunch and almost like a live a mini live event yeah yeah and then we're going to go have some socially distanced lunch and we're gonna we're gonna compare some notes on what we think that means to our current clients like you would if you were on the floor yeah. and and we're going to make sure we call this rep next week and get a demo unit in here because we think this might be good for our business and you just treat it like you would, you know, your plan for the show. And then you, you know, when it breaks three days later, you have two or three things you really want to pursue. You have a couple new ideas for your business. Everybody understands why, because you did it together and uh, you know, you move forward. I, I think that's a great plan. I, I think you just came up with a great plan, Jared. I think we need an infograph. I, I would say this is actually better than COVID good. I would say that's almost good. <laughs> not, just, great. not just great. It's COVID. It is COVID great. It's better than beard oil. No, but, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably more applicable. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for um, thanks for hanging out with me today. I can't wait to do this more and and uh, get some more victims. I mean, guests on the show. Uh, people, peep, peep, are they people? Are there, we're all they're, people. We're all people. We are. Um, <laughs> but no, I love you hanging out with me. I think this will be uh, fun to do once a week, and and hopefully other AV tweets want to get involved with it. So. Yes, I agree. No, it was fun. And, and hopefully people, people enjoy uh, listening to our rant for 45 minutes I mean, on there. Well, yeah. you know what we forgot? I totally forgot traffic. We're supposed to do traffic on like the nines and the sevens. Isn't that the way it works? Like you do oh, traffic. Oh, right. Traffic on the nine. Yes. So um, traffic on the 19, uh, California traffic. Good right now. Everybody's at home. Nothing to report. Yep. And uh, looks like Saskatchewan clear skies. Uh, doing the weather here, clear skies. We had a we had a storm last night, so watch out. There we go. It's coming east. Awesome. So, anyways, tune in next time. AV Daybreak. Mark and Jared in your morning drive. If you get to drive, 
to wherever you're going, if not <laughs> um, on your morning coffee. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Awesome.